morning. I don't know if y'all know me. Uh, my name is Ace Taylor. I'm from Community Southern Baptist uh, in Fair Grove, but uh, it's an honor to worship with you guys, and it looks like you guys already stand, so I'm not going to tell you nothing. Praise the Lord. So uh, we're just going to stand and worship our God, and, and thankful for the opportunity. We worship the God who was. We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, He holds the victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Our God is surely in His place. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. We sing to the God who heals. We sing to the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes the way. He hung upon that cross. And he rose up from that grave, my God, still rolling stones away. Yeah. There's joy in the house of the Lord, there's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet, we shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord, our God is surely in his place. And we won't be quiet. Shout out your praise. We were the beggars, now we're royalty. We were the prisoners, now we're running free. We are forgiven, accepted, redeemed by His grace. In the house of the Lord's again. We were the So just a, a quick update, Wes is still overcoming some sickness, and so uh, th- we, we talked about doing videos, but we have this awesome group also that comes every Saturday night and does the freeway service. So I said, hey, Wes, I call Wes, and I'm like, hey, what do, what do we 
please have Ace and combine worship teams this morning and let Ace come. And so, so, uh, but they're here every Saturday night leading worship uh, for our freeway service, and I really appreciate it. I'm glad to have them here uh, today, and I'm glad you guys are here. So let's go to the Lord in prayer today, and then we'll do our welcoming time. Uh, Lord Jesus, I just thank you, Lord, today that we're here together, Lord, to worship you in song in giving and by reading your word. And Lord, I thank you for the many blessings that you've given uh, us this week. Lord, I thank you for the opportunities we've had to share uh, the gospel with people this week and that people were saved. And so, Lord, that's just a, we just worship you because without you, without your death, burial, and resurrection, we aren't here today. And, and we're just walking dead men without you. And so, Lord, we worship you uh, today for who you are, that you took our punishment on the cross. And so, God, in all things, we love you uh, and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Take a few minutes this morning and welcome everyone.
guys. I think we're going to wrap the meet and greet up a little bit. And we're going to worship Jesus. How about it? Y'all ready to worship Jesus? Come on, man. Let's get excited for the Lord this morning. All right. Everywhere I go on this road, I know where I go, I go with you. There's a city that calls me by name. There's a city that calls me by name. Yes, as I run this race, I am cheated by the There's a city that calls me by name. There's a future that runs through my veins. There's a future that runs through my veins. And there's nothing on earth that can stand in the way. There's a future that runs through my veins. Thank you, guys. All right, you may be seated this morning. We are, uh, this is normally the time uh, that we have children's church, and I have the kids come forward, but today we're going to do something a little bit different for uh, our children's service. I'm going to ask Abby and Chris Garten and Sophia if they would come up here this morning. We are going to do a baby dedication. 
I love doing these. It is extremely, extremely important. Um, extremely important. Love it when parents ask me to do this. If you're a parent uh, with a little one and would like uh, to do this, I, I encourage you uh, to. Um, well, I want to start off by reading scripture this morning. There's, there's going to be a charge that I give the parents, and there's going to be a charge that I give the church also. But here's what scripture says. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6, uh, verses 4 through 7. And it says this. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So there's a charge here that Joshua uh, is giving the nation of Israel that says, we're supposed to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind. He's supposed to be our God, and we're supposed to teach that to our kids. And, and we should take that to heart that our number one responsibility uh, as parents and as the church in ministering to, to young little ones and to our youth is to teach them about God. Chris and Abby, by coming forward before God and his people, do you hereby declare your desire to dedicate Sophia uh, to the Lord? Okay. Uh, having come freely, I ask you now that you enter into the following commitment in the presence of God and his people so that Sophia may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers. Do you, Chris and Abby, vow by God's help and in partnership with the church to provide Sophia a Christian home of love, peace, to raise her in the truth of our Lord's instruction and discipline and encourage her to one day trust Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior? Okay. Church body, this is extremely important. I, I believe with all my heart that the church, uh, in raising four kids, the church is invaluable in helping uh, with your kids and teaching them from BBS to Sunday school classes to, to babysitting so parents can have date nights. Uh, there's just so many things that the church is involved with. So church body, uh, I, I ask you if you, if you want to make this commitment to this family to do so. If you don't, uh, want to make this commitment, please don't, because it is a commitment before God. So church body, so that Sophia may walk in the abundant life that Christ offers, do you vow by God's help to encourage, through praise and correction, Chris and Abby in their effort to raise Sophia, to fear the Lord, to uphold them in prayer, and if anything should happen to Chris and Abby, to assume responsibility in helping her receive our Lord's guidance and instruction. The church says... We do. All right, let me pray for her this morning. Here is a certificate uh, of dedication that, of the commitment that you guys have made uh, to her today. I want to pray uh, for this family this morning uh, before we go into our announcements. Let's pray together. Uh, Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, this morning uh, for Chris and Abby. I thank you for their family. And I thank you, Lord, uh, just for the, the number of years that I've known them, watching them uh, develop from when they dated to... To, to marriage and doing their service, and now today with their children. It was a beautiful family they have, and Lord, you've blessed them. Lord, I pray for them as they're raising their kids, that there's going to be so many things from the outside world, Lord, that are going to try to pull them uh, away from sharing the truth of who you are. And so, Lord, I pray for them. I pray for their family this morning. It's so good to see their family here this morning uh, supporting them. And, Lord, I pray for this church body that we take our responsibility serious in helping our young families and our young parents 
uh, Lord, in ministering to their kids uh, from nursery, uh, from our nursery all the way through the children's department up until when they're young adults uh, in youth and adults, Lord, that we're teaching them the truth of who you are, uh, God, and praying for them and ministering to them. And so, Lord, we dedicate uh, Sophia today uh, to you, Lord. We make commitments before you, Lord. And in all things, we do that because we love you and we worship you. In your name I pray, Lord, amen. Thank you, guys. So a huge, huge responsibility. I want to segue this in real quick on our announcement side. Um, Sierra needs more volunteers for nursery. So, hey, it is our commitment, one of the most important things. I love babies. I love babies. Uh, there may be a Sunday where one of the elders uh, preaches, and I work in the nursery because I love babies. Uh, but it's our responsibility. So if you would like to help with nursery, please see Sierra. It's an important, important thing in the body uh, that we need to, to be involved with. Here's the announcement. Chocolate-covered strawberries. We're passing this around one last time. I think Tammy said 150 dozen uh, have already been ordered. This is the last opportunity. If you would, pass this around uh, on chocolate-covered strawberries. Also next Sunday. Next Sunday is a very, very important day in this church. Uh, it is Youth Sunday. We celebrate sanctity of human life, uh, and we're also going to celebrate Youth Sunday. The youth are going to be teaching the Sunday school classes next week. Then after service, we're going to have a big meal that the youth uh, are going to prepare prepare and serve and all that good stuff. And then we're going to have an opportunity. If you would like to, I know we've already had some donations of things. We're going to have an auction. It is a great time, and we raise money. All that money goes towards the youth fund. And the youth fund will send them to camp throughout the year. It'll pay for their activities. It, play, it pays for uh, materials for them. I know they would like to have a good number of who is going to stay for dinner next week. Uh, Joel has a sign-up sheet uh, to pass around right here. Uh, if you are going to stay for youth Sunday for dinner next Sunday, please sign this. Joel, do you have anything that you want to add real quick? Let me get you a mic. Do you have anything... That you want to add on this? I don't know. I'm just glad that Jody and Bridget's going to cook. Jody and Bridget are cooking. Okay. Yes. So we have barbecue? Uh, pulled pork. Pulled pork. Right. Oh, okay. 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 And I'm proud of our uh, young people. And uh, Casey, what you're doing with the young adults, Sierra, uh, everybody. I mean, uh, it, we start our church off. Our church is growing. And that's where we start. We start young. And as we get older... You know, we, we learn. And it, it's, it's been good with the youth. And uh, I'm really blessed to uh, get to know the youth. And anyway, I'm going to pass around this sign-up sheet. So uh, we need to have a number of how many people are going to be here. Because last year we uh, overcooked a little bit. so We cooked anyway. enough to feed an army last yes. year, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. So anyway, if everybody can si sign up for it. Yeah, one also, yeah, thanks, Selena. So do this on desserts. I know in years past we've had like a million desserts because you guys like to cook desserts. Try to bring in like one dessert because we have also a lot of other donations. So like one dessert, what, per family, per person, something like that, uh, per family. Okay, so from the auction. I'm working on an auctioneer, one of the Perkins. Do we have a professional auctioneer here? I'm working on it anyway. Okay, <laughs> okay, perfect. All right, so next Sunday, Youth Sunday, uh, be here. It's going to be a great time. Abby, you want to add anything on your class on announcements on the women's class? You want to add something? 
possibly this Wednesday, but maybe, maybe, but probably the next. Okay, so we on Wednesday night brings me into Wednesday night. We have dinner every Wednesday night at six o'clock. We have teams that cook. I've been asked this: Do you need to bring any food on Wednesday night? Nope, just bring yourself. Uh, so bring your kids. We eat dinner at six o'clock. Then our classes start at 6.45. Right now we have an adult class up here. We have youth classes and kids classes on Wednesday nights. And then this new women's class is going to be starting up uh, either this week, but probably the week after. Uh, we'll, we'll work with that, whatever. Okay. All right, here's the last thing. Put this on your calendars. I announced this. The Crossbridge Fish Fry and Outreach is Saturday, March 5th at 3 p.m. 3 p.m. Saturday, March uh, 5th. On that, I don't think I had anything else on announcements. I did have a card I want to read to you. It says, thank you for the beautiful flower arrangements uh, you sent for Meredith's grandfather's funeral. Uh, Reverend Jimmy, what was his last name? Was Bruce? Jimmy, okay. Uh, uh, may the church be blessed from the family. So this was Meredith's grandfather uh, that passed away. So a thank you card from them. Uh, anything else on announcements that I forgot this morning? Yeah, Troy. Yeah, I'll, I'll, we'll be talking about that a little bit more. But as of right now, life recovery, no life recovery on Friday night. So anything else this morning? Yes. Young adults? Okay. So young adults, we have our gathering this month, the 19th. Um, Craig and Meredith Douglas are hosting us for a trivia night with some spoons and a devotion and a taco bar. So I encourage you to come to that. And then also... Um, we have a young adult class on Wednesday night, small group, and I encourage you to come to that also where we really dive into scripture and we wrestle with life uh, topics and look at them through a biblical lens and um, just have some wonderful conversation of heavenly things. It's amazing. So, join And you us. guys are meeting upstairs. It, yes. Did you get heaters up there? Yes. Or they need cozy. to dress warm? It is cozy. Okay. So many people do not know that there is. There is an upstairs. An up upstairs. And so that is where we meet on Wednesday nights for the young adult class. Yeah. Perfect. Yes. All right. And today, after today. service, we're going to be launching the women's ministry for the year. We're going to kind of give an outline of what's going to happen this coming year. And hopefully build some excitement. We've got some really, really cool things happening this year. Some great Bible studies. Um, we would just love to have all the ladies who can stay downstairs right after service. We're going to eat and fellowship. and uh, Baked potatoes you. and salad bar, ladies. Yep, after potato. church, downstairs. Fellas, we'll go eat pizza or something. <laughs> we'll survive. All right, anything else this morning? Perfect. Okay, if you would stand this morning, we're going to take up our morning offering and have our, our last worship song uh, before we jump into God's word together. So if you would bow with me one more time as we bless our morning offering. Uh, Lord Jesus, again, we come today, Lord, to worship you and very thankful for Chris and Abby and their family this morning. I'm thankful for the many classes and activities that we have going on uh, in the women's ministry and the young adult ministry and our youth next week. And uh, Lord, thankful that this body is reaching out to people in our community. Uh, Lord, so just bless our services today as we enter our time of worship. We're giving back to you. Bless this offering. Let it, let it further your kingdom, God, and the gospel will be shared all, all over uh, our community and the world. God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
guys can be seated. They're going to preach to us. Thank you, brother. Kyle, come on down here for a second. I'm not going to let you escape today. <laughs> One other thing I, I, I want to do today, uh, if you would, turn in your Bibles to, to 1 John chapter 2. Where's Kenneth at? Kenneth, get up here, buddy. We dunked this guy. If you were here last week, we had like a tsunami of water when we baptized Kenneth. And I have a brand new Bible and a baptismal certificate for Mr. Kenneth this morning. Congratulations, my friend. Thank you. You're welcome. Absolutely. You got anything you want to say? No? Okay. All right. 
Next Sunday's it, right? Yes. Okay, so you guys may not know this, but I'm going to embarrass them real quick. One of, our jo- <laughs> one of our jobs is we're supposed to send people out in ministry. It is absolutely our responsibility as a church to raise up new leaders. I, I-, I prayerfully hope that we had a small part in this. Kyle has accepted uh, a ministry position as the freeway director of Freeway West in Springfield at Golden Avenue Baptist Church. So what an exciting thing for him, and obviously we're going to miss you, and you better stop and say hi, but but uh, it's a part of ministry. This is what we're supposed to do, send people out, just like Mike Castell was in South Dakota, Kyle's in Springfield. It's a sign of a healthy church when you're raising up new leaders and sending them out. So next Sunday is going to be his last Sunday with us uh, until he assumes his new position. So that being said, we want to bless him next week, church. Bring in cards. If you can bless him financially as he starts this, do that. Uh, I'm going to get you have the mic. Do you have anything you want to say, Kyle, uh, about this? Am I, am I good? So this was one of the most difficult decisions in my life. Um, I've never been to any other church in my life. I never attended church as a child. I never attended church as an adult. This is the first church I've ever been to. And... Um, Each and every one of you are a huge part of my testimony. You were instrumental to me being where I'm at today. If I wasn't put in this church, I wouldn't be where I was at. I walked into a church of people who treated me not like an inmate, not like a number, not like a convict, but you treated me just as Jesus would have treated me. And so I literally thank each and every one of you for pouring into me, for loving me, for the days I was going to walk out of the program, encouraging me to stay and just helping me press on. You are a huge part of where I'm at today, and I thank you guys and love you for that. Amen. I'm proud of you, dude. Really proud of you. So next week's a big Sunday. Uh, Kyle will bless them. We'll have an opportunity to bless the youth. So uh, in your Bibles today, 1 John 2, 18 through 29, but we're going to read verses 18 and 19. Um, we're, we're in part two of this mini-series on through uh, John, I guess you'd say, uh, of truth or lies. So verses 18 uh, and 19 together. It says, Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they are all not of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, again this morning, just so many things to rejoice about uh, today. I thank you, Lord, for Kyle, that you've uh, sent him to Crossbridge, and now you're sending him to do ministry, Lord. I'm very, very proud of him. Lord, let us as a church be there to support him and help him as he starts this new adventure in serving you, and that's what it is. And uh, Lord, so just bless him. Uh, It's a sad time, but it's also a very uh, much a time to rejoice. Uh, God, as we, we enter our time of, of digging into your word, Lord, I pray this morning, uh, I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict people uh, that are lost today. Uh, anybody that may be listening at home or here today that doesn't have a personal relationship with you. Lord, I pray this morning that we work, our, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, Lord, I pray that uh, the people that are my brothers and sisters in Christ here today don't question whether they are in you, but they're challenged. Uh, but, Lord, people that aren't in you, that, that may be pretending, uh, Lord, I pray that they, they question whether they're in you today. And so, Lord, uh, in all things, we worship you and we love you. In your name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. 
And so uh, I'm glad you braved the winter weather and got dug out in order to be here today. Um, as we continue through the book of 1 John, I always like to do a recap at the beginning just to kind of catch you up on what we talked about last week in case you weren't here. Uh, but just a, a, a quick recap, we did look at verse 18 last week um, and we started this talking about truth and lies. Jesus said that he was the truth. There is only one truth. You can't have multiple versions of truth. There is one truth. Truth is not relative to the circumstances at all. There is an absolute truth. There is an absolute moral truth. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, our verse last week talked about the last time or the last hour. Uh, we, like John here in this passage, are living in the last hour. Signs of that, one of the signs of that is, is that people fall for deceitful teachings. We looked at 1 Timothy last week and we saw that those teachings were the teachings of demons. Uh, and what is the teaching of demons? Works-based salvation. That you can be good enough to be saved or do enough to be saved uh, in God's eyes. Uh, which is a, a lie from Satan himself. Believing that your own efforts can make you right in God's eyes. Only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ can you be made right in God's eyes and be justified. Uh, we also saw that when it says that antichrists have come, these are people that promote that false teaching of Jesus, that promote a works-based salvation. Uh, it's also the world systems that oppose Jesus and his word, that, that try to get our focus off of what scripture says in order to what the things of the world say. Um, it, it, today in the text, it, I think this is maybe one of the saddest verses uh, in all of Scripture. It just really is. And it's also one that needs some clarity. And I hope we, do, we, we have some clarity today about what this says. But it, I want to read it again. It says, They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it may be plain that they are not of us. So this verse can kind of be a little bit confusing. And I, don't want, to bring some, I want to bring some clarity today. Uh, it... it there are basically three options, or there's three opinions what people think this verse may mean, and so I, I want to work uh, through these. Here are the options that we have about what this verse means. It says it, it means that the person was never a Christian to begin with. They never had faith in Jesus. Well, another option could be was the person struggling with, with doubt, uh, with, faith, with, with their faith, and, and just rebellion, but is, but is a Christian. Or the third option is was the person a Christian but has now lost their salvation, that they were saved and now they're not. So we need to address this. These are, these are tough questions um, that are brought up. And, and we, we need to, whenever we, we look at a verse, we want to make sure that we keep it in context of a whole bunch of verses that are in the passage. If you remember, when, when Scripture was put together, there weren't chapters and verses. These were letters. So the train of thought goes out from chapter to chapter. Uh, so th the principle that applies here is to anyone who departs from the faith. Anyone who departs from true biblical Christianity and is now proclaiming a message that isn't true, which wouldn't mean that they are opposed to Christ. Well, one of our statements of belief here at Crossbridge, and something that I firmly believe in, that, I, that, that Scripture teaches, and that's why it's one of our statements of belief, and that the Bible teaches is eternal security. And that is the first point today. Uh, in John chapter 10, verse 28, Jesus says this. He says, I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. And when Jesus says that, he doesn't give any wiggle room there. 
He says, nothing will remove someone that is in him from his hand. Also, the term here, what is the term? The term is eternal life. Eternal is what? Forever. It's forever. It's not for a short amount of time. It doesn't say temporary life. It says eternal life. Now this morning, one of the things that we, we, we got to do with Chris and Abby and Sophia is we had a baby dedication. And there's one thing that all babies, what happens when a baby's born to all babies. Well, there's two things really. Two things. They come out naked and they come out crying. Without a doubt, at every, every birth of my kids that I've been at, they have all come out naked and they've all come out crying. And they're crying, why? Because they've been inside mom where it's nice and warm and they don't have to do anything. And now they're in this cold room and it doesn't feel good. And normally what the nurses do in, in delivery rooms is they turn the temperature up to about 100 degrees in there to try to make the babies comfortable, right? Uh, but they're not real happy. And at that point, if they could choose to be unborn, they absolutely would. If they could choose to be back inside mom, they would, but they can't. Now, Jesus uses this same language in Scripture. And when he talks about being born again as a believer, born again in Christ, it's in John chapter 3. So flip over to John chapter 3, uh, if you would. And Jesus, in the context here, is speaking to a religious leader named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus knows Scripture. He is a prominent Pharisee, a religious leader, who they memorized Scripture. Uh, he knew what Scripture says. And Jesus has this exchange with him in John chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And it says this. It says, Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a, a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That is which born of flesh is flesh, and that's what is born of spirit is spirit. So Jesus says you have to be spiritually born again. Now when someone is spiritually born again, let's define this real quick. Let's define this. It, it, uh, uh, what is a born again Christian? You hear the term thrown out a lot. We say that we are born again Christians. It's not, this is what it's not. It's not someone that has been baptized as a baby. We didn't baptize Sophia this morning. Why? Because she doesn't have an understanding of sin yet. She doesn't have an understanding of right and wrong. So it's not someone that's been baptized as a baby. It's not someone that was raised in a Christian home. It's not someone that has walked down an aisle at church or said a prayer. Now some of those things are a part of the Christian experience, right? But a born-again Christian is a person who has fully trusted in Jesus Christ as their only Savior. And now they possess the Holy Spirit. That's what a born-again Christian is. And when, you, when Jesus uses the term born-again, just as a spiritual born-again Christian, can a spiritual born-again Christian become unborn? No. 
Just like Sophia or any other baby, when they're born, cannot be unborn. They're here. Romans 10, 9, and 10 says this. And it's a verse to share with you a little bit what happened in, in some of our uh, lives yesterday at this church in a bit. But a verse I shared yesterday. It's Romans 10, 9, and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So how does this salvation happen? Well, the Holy Spirit, by, by God's word being taught or spoke, the Holy Spirit convicts you of your sin against God. That you've lied. You've stolen. You've either committed adultery or you've looked with adultery. Maybe you've hated someone. What Jesus says is murder. It's the same as murdering them. You've broken his law. How do you know that it's his law? Because your law is written, his law is written on your heart. You have a conscience. A lot of our man-made laws today are based upon what? God's law. It's, it's not illegal for me to go out and lie to somebody out there. It wouldn't be illegal for me to lie to you this morning. Right? But it would be sinful, it would be wrong. How do we know that? Because God's law is written on our hearts. And because we've broken God's law, there's a punishment for that. There's a punishment that has to be paid. Just like if I was to commit a crime and I went before a judge. Judge is not going to let me free or give me a pass. Just because maybe I do some ministry or I try to be a nice person in the community. When you commit a crime, there's a punishment that has to be paid. When we violate God's law, when we break God's law, the Bible says that everyone has sinned. There's a punishment that has to be paid for that. There's a punishment. And one day, everybody has an appointment to stand before God. Scripture says that. Hebrews 9.27, as just as it appointed to man... To die once, and after that comes judgment. So all of our sins, all the times that I've lied, that I've done wrong, are brought into that judgment. And at that time, you're going to pay a penalty for your sin. That penalty is eternal death. Or, God so rich in mercy and love offered us a way to be forgiven. To be made right in his eyes even though we're guilty. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that on the cross he took your sins. And he died for them. And you've believed on that in your heart. And you've confessed. I pray today. I urge you today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. When someone shares the good news with you. And you believe on it. You should act on it. Act in faith. Believe on the Lord Jesus. If you've done that, brothers and sisters, then you know what's happened in your life? You've been born again. Now you're a born-again believer. You're a born-again Christian. And you can't be unborn. One of my favorite verses is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. What does the text say? The text says, New creation. It doesn't say improved creation. It says new. You're made new. You're born again. You're new. You're a new person. 
So option three in our text in John chapter 2 of that somebody was saved but then lost it is just off the table because it's not scriptural. What about the second one? What about in our text in 1 John 2, 18, 19? Is it talking about somebody that's struggling with doubts, with their faith? Turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2 this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. 2 Timothy 2, 12 and 13. It says this, if we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. Is our answer. So there's a big difference between someone who's struggling with their faith and someone who is denying Christ. Those are two totally separate situations. There are absolutely times in the life of a born-again Christian, that we struggle with doubts, that we struggle with our faith, that we struggle with sin. Absolutely there is. The, the working definition of doubt is to lack confidence or to consider unlikely. All throughout Scripture we see people who are followers of Christ, followers of God that struggle with doubts. All the way back to Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve. They doubted, was God really telling us the truth? Satan used doubt to tempt Adam and Eve. Doubt is a tool from Satan to make us lack confidence in God's word. To make us lack confidence in God and who he is. James 1.6 says this, But let him ask in faith with no doubting. For the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. When you're doubting in who God is, what happens with you? You're just back and forth. Your life is rough. It's a mess because you're just going back and forth. The most famous doubter in the Bible, we, we preached about it uh, a few months ago probably, was Thomas in John chapter 20. He declared that he wouldn't believe unless he saw Jesus and touched him. Not going to believe until I see him and I touch him. He had a lack of faith. He was doubting. You know, Jesus could have, I, I, I always think about this. You know what Jesus could have done with Thomas? He could have just kicked him out of the fold. If he wanted to, right? But the faithfulness was on Christ. What did he do? He met him where he was in his doubts. He met him right where he was. All throughout scripture we see times of, of lack of faith. Even in our own life, if you think back on times in your life where you just, you wondered. And the hard, let me say, the hardest thing for me to do this morning with this text is to challenge people who are not followers of Christ. I want to do that, but to not make my brothers and sisters, I don't want to make my brothers and sisters doubt their salvation this morning who are really in Christ. So that, that, that fine line is a hard one to to, to, to not cross, because I don't want people who are really in Christ to doubt their salvation. But we should work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. We can have confidence in the things that we cannot see. 
Because God has proven himself faithful and true and able. His word is truth. So in the context of John, 1 John 2.19, is it talking about those in doubt or lack of faith? Nope. So option two can't be right. So what is it? Here's the answer. That person that John is talking about in 1 John 2.19, let's read it again. They went out from us, because, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. That person was never a born-again Christian. Now this is a very hard to accept. This is a hard truth in Scripture. Especially when the person has declared himself to, to no longer be a Christian. Maybe it's somebody that's impacted your life. Your life spiritually. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a, a, somebody who's been in ministry, a pastor, an author, a musician. I've, I've heard of many Christian artists and musicians these days that come out and say they're followers of Christ only a few years later to renounce their faith. So it's really hard to accept when you see that the person is ministered in a powerful way. Maybe it was even used by God to lead you to faith. But the key thing to remember in this is that it wasn't the man doing the work in faith in your heart. It was God working in your heart. It wasn't the person. Listen, don't ever put your faith and trust in men. Don't put your faith and trust in men. Don't put your faith and trust in any elder. Put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's not sinful. Jesus even talks about this situation in a parable in Scripture. Turn to Matthew chapter 13. He addresses this very thing. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. I'm going to read all of it. It says this. He put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servant said to him, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in the gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest. And at harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned. But gather the wheat into my barn. So what is, what is this saying? In the same field, there's growing wheat and there's growing weeds, false wheat. So the wheat is a picture of children of God. And the weeds are a picture of of people who are pretending to be children of God. At first, at first, the difference in the two types of plant wasn't detectable. They looked the same. But as time went on, what do weeds do? They grow up and they become weeds. And then you can see them for what they are. On any given Sunday, there are at any church. There, and I believe here, there are true born-again believers 
side by side with pretenders. It takes a while for the wheat to grow. Time will tell for sure if somebody is producing fruit that comes from their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If they're not grounded in the root of Christ, they're not going to produce fruit. They're going to go away. They're going to fall away. They're going to. Now, does that mean that we hate them? No. How are we supposed to treat unbelievers with love? We're supposed to share the truth with them. Only producing fruit that comes in Christ is when you're grounded in Christ. Isaiah even says it in Isaiah 24, 13. A picture of the weeds. He says, and the Lord said, because this people draw near with me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me and their fear of me is a commandment taught by men. There are many people that will honor God with their lips. They will say they know Jesus. They will say they know the Lord, but their hearts are far from them. That's a hard truth. To a human observer, many times, the wheat and the weeds look the same. What God does is He sees the heart. He knows the heart. He knows the heart. Passages like 1 John 2.19, they're not just to make us upset. They're not just to, to, to hurt us or, or to, to make us... I don't know, just anxious about this kind of thing. They serve a purpose. The first purpose, I'm going to cover these real quick. The first purpose is extremely important. It's to make sure that you're saved. To make sure that you're in Christ. Your eternal destiny is something that you should take very, very serious. 2 Corinthians 13.5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. It's a verse that I'm going to read before we take communion. It's a passage that we read. We should look at our lives and see, is my life, is what I, I, I desire, is it things of God or is it things of the world? Am I convicted of sin? Am I convicted when I'm living a life of sin? If I'm not, that should be a warning going off. Because as believers, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean we don't sin. I sin. I'm not perfect. Have a conversation with my wife. She'll tell you. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a sinner saved by grace. Not by works. But we should examine ourselves. When I sin, am I convicted about my sin? We should be sure that we're saved. How can we know that we have assurance of salvation? Well, test your faith. One true test of your faith is your love for other people. 1 John 4, 7 and 8 says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is love. Do you love people? Do you love your brothers and sisters in here? Do you love people? Here's another way. Is your life bearing spiritual fruits? A true born-again Christian will show through their words, their actions, through their doctrine and what they believe, that they follow the Lord. Christians bear fruit on varying degrees based upon their obedience 
and their spiritual gifts. But God is working spiritual fruit up. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. He gives us a list of these in verses 22 and 23. Galatians chapter 5. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those are fruits of the Spirit. Are those things that are in your life, love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are ways that we can look at our life. Listen, you don't go, we had the opportunity yesterday, I'm going to talk about it right now. Make sure you understand. Saturday night I got a phone call that a gentleman that's coming to church for a while, his uncle uh, lives in Florida. And he, he is a, a mechanic for Walt Disney World and a mechanic for a bunch of PGA golf courses in Florida. Very prestigious job. And he was up here visiting some family in our local area. And uh, he had a, a really bad stomach ache towards the end of December while he was up here visiting. And they took him to the hospital because they thought maybe he had a kidney stone or wasn't for sure. Found out that he has about four different types of cancer. Body ravaged by cancer. So they took him to Columbia and started a chemo on him. And he, he was uh, about 190, 85 pounds. Big scrapping guy. Harley, biker rider, like just, I mean, if he's a guy that there was going to be a fight in an alley, I'm having that dude with me. Just a tough guy, right? In his words, well, you get there. So they took him to Columbia. He went from 195 pounds to yesterday when I saw him, he weighed 110. Body ravaged by cancer. Ultimately decided to go home and be on hospice. Doctors giving him two weeks to live. Never, never, uh, never been a, in church. Ask him about it. So, so his nephew called me and said, "Can you go see this guy?" And and his sister is the one taking care of him. So, yesterday, me and Selena and Carol Hartman um, went to minister to this family, and Selena and, and Carol took his sister, who's a, who's a follower of Christ, into a, another house that is next door. And I went in and I sat down and I talked with this guy. His nephew had warned me. He said, "Hey, if you come in." He may throw you out in two minutes. He's that kind of guy. And I said, that's okay. So I, I'm all right. So I walked in there and sat down next to him and um, told him a little bit about my background so he could relate to me a little bit. And um, this big, tough guy started asking me questions about eternity, about death, about heaven and hell. And I asked him a few questions and I had the opportunity over the course of about an hour. It's needless to say he didn't throw me out. But over the course of about, about an hour, I had, I had an opportunity to share the gospel with him. And I shared the truth of who Jesus was. And what Jesus did so guilty sinners like me and him don't have to pay our punishment that we deserve. Man, he started crying. He's just crying. Just weeping. And said, you mean that God would forgive somebody like me? Yeah. Yeah. I told him about the two thieves on the cross next to Jesus. Because those guys had never done anything good with their life. 
They were being executed because they were murderers and thieves. One of them on the cross believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and was saved. We're going to get to meet that guy in heaven one day. But yesterday, through tears, he cried out to God to save him. Forgive him. Yeah. It was an awesome, awesome uh, moment, and, and I was very blessed to be able to do that in ministry. And I told him, I said, you know, I know we can't, but I would love to be able to baptize you. And he said, I know. He can't hardly get out of bed. He can't come here. And I said, you know what? You're never going to get baptized. You're not going to probably take communion, but you're going to be in heaven. You're going to be in heaven. And he and had some peace come over him because he was now a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I tell all you that, I tell you that, because we need to consider eternity. Six weeks ago, this guy had no mind or attention at all. He was living his life. He was having fun. And now he's on his deathbed. I'm, I'm very, I told him, you're blessed that God gave you the opportunity to hear the gospel. And, and we were able to minister to you. So many people never get that opportunity. I believe with all my heart today that you could have an appointment with God. Are you ready for that? That's why there's these texts in Scripture. Because you have to be ready. What you decide, what you believe about the Lord Jesus Christ determines how you're going to spend all eternity. It's important that you think about it today. Here's the last thing. Second purpose of this verse is to equip the church. It's to equip the church. T turn to 2 Peter. It's our last verses. 2 Peter 2, 1 through 3. It says this, But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there were false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the master who brought them, bringing upon themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their sensuality and become of them the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their greed, they will exploit you with false words. Their condemnation from long ago is not idle, and their destruction is not asleep. We talked about this a little bit last week, but it's our responsibility as church leaders, as elders, to call out false teaching, apostates. I want to close with this today. There are people who love religion for religion's sake and are willing to identify themselves with Jesus and the church. I mean, who wouldn't want eternal life and get to hang out with us, right? But Jesus didn't say that. He says, count the cost of discipleship. True believers have counted the cost, made the commitments. Apostates have not. Their mouths spoke something that their hearts didn't believe. I'm going to ask our worship team if they come this morning. Here's our invitation this morning. Where he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Do we cast, out, we cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And there I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. My question that we have to work out this morning 
is are you a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? I'm not asking you if you've been baptized as a kid. I'm not asking you if you've joined the church. I'm asking you, are you a born-again follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And when you're born again, your life changes. Your life changes. Do you have the fruits of the Spirit? If not, if not, just like him, just like the gentleman yesterday, you have an opportunity to get down on your knees. Confess your sins to God. Not to me, to Him. And pray. Believe on Him. And He will forgive you. There's nothing that you could have ever done in your life that He will not forgive you when you humble yourself before Him. My prayer is today, if you haven't done that, that you do that. Here's the second part of this invitation. There's a clear warning. We're about ready to take communion. There's a clear warning in Scripture that Paul gives. That says, whoever eats the bread or drinks of the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then. And so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. That is why many of you have weak or ill and some have died. Here's the warning before we take communion this morning. If you are not a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if, if you have not been born again, don't take communion. If you have unrepentant, unrebellious sin in your life, confess it to God, brothers and sisters, before you take communion. There's a clear warning. I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. If you need to come, you can come. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. It is challenging. Lord, I thank you for yesterday. That you put Edwin in our path that we could share the truth with him. Lord, I pray for him and his family this morning. Lord, ease his pain and comfort. Lord, if it's according to your will, I pray that you heal him. God, there's people in here, I believe, right now that need to be spiritually healed. They're walking dead men. Lord, they can be, they can be saved this morning if they humble themselves before you. I pray that your Holy Spirit will convict them. That they need you in their life. They could have an appointment with you today. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters in here that we continue the mission that you have put before us in sharing the truth of who you are. In all things, God, we love you and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen.
All right, I'm going to ask you to be seated this morning. I'm going to ask our elders and deacons if they would come this morning, please. Um, This is a a time, a very serious time, uh, that we do once a month, the first Sunday of every month, and then obviously on some special occasions where we remember the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so here's, we do have an open communion here, which means that we don't require you that you be a member of this church to take communion with us. The only requirement is that you are a professed follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what we we would ask parents to do is if your child has made a public profession of faith, they they can take communion too. If they have not or you haven't, we we ask you not take uh, communion this morning. Or if you are living in unrepentant, unrebellious rebellious sin uh, against God. So here's the passage uh, in Matthew chapter 26. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, he broke it. And gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink it all of you, for this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So I'm going to ask Denny if he would please uh, bless uh, the bread this morning. Then we will pass it out. We will take it together. Lord, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the remembrance of your body, how you shed Lord, for us, we pray that as this time, your Holy Spirit would would uh, bring our hearts to remembrance, God, of the sacrifice that you made for us. May you bless this congregation in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.
Jesus said, this is my body, which is given for you. Take ye and eat. And he took the cup and we had given thanks. He said, drink it, all of you. For this is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I'm going to ask Alan if you would please bless the cup this morning. Our holy heavenly father, as we... We stand here, Father, with this cup in our hand, Father. Help us to always remember that your son's blood ran down that cross and into the ground for our forgiveness. And we thank you so much for that. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, this is the blood which is poured out for many. Take ye and drink. This is right before Jesus' death. Scripture tells us that they went out rejoicing, went out rejoicing and singing. So um, we're going to ask them to come this morning, and we're going to go out rejoicing. So if you would stand as we close in song today. Whenever the song is over, you will uh, be dismissed.
Y'all are dismissed. Have a blessed and wonderful day.